Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey, before we dive into this episode and all of its goodness, I want to make sure I tell you about something super special. So if you're listening to this episode on the week that it airs, the Soul Script Shop special collection is open again, and I want to make sure that you get a special discount code. As a thank you for supporting the show and listening to the podcast, you as a podcast listener can use the code POD15, P-O-D-15 for 15% off at checkout. This code is not being shared anywhere else. It's super top secret for anyone who's pressed play on the show this week. So be sure to use that code at checkout and that's it. Let's dive into the episode now. I don't know about you, but I believe that words have so much power. It's a huge reason why the tagline or mission statement of my brand soul scripts is we give you the words when you have none because words can be healing but sometimes it's really hard to find the right words in difficult situations or just in life in general sometimes it's hard to know what the right thing to say is or what the right thing to do is and so that's been a huge part of the inspiration and the heart behind why why I originally created Soul Scripts, as well as kind of how it's been reborn with this clarified mission of being a words company. So all of that said, in this episode, I am talking with Ariel Astoria. Ariel is a spoken word poet. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's shared her work with companies like Google and Dressember through spoken word and themed keynote talks. And she just has a lot to share on the subject of understanding the power of words, how they can be healing and helpful, and also how they can be hurtful, how they how they can be used to build up, and how they can be used to tear down. We also talk a little bit about the creative process and the process of being a creative. And I love that Ariel has really paved her own way um, as a creative, as a freelancer, and is able to really work in her craft full time. And so if you are an artist or a poet or a writer, or have a message to share, and you wonder, like, is that ever anything that I could do as a career and do full time? I think Ariel's a, a great example of someone who's found a way to make that happen. And surely it didn't happen overnight. But I hope that this will serve also as an encouragement to you if you have a similar dream in your heart, if you have similar talents or gifts or desires, I think that her story will really empower and encourage you to know that it is possible for you. And even if that isn't at all aligned with your dreams or your talents or your or your gifts, we all have to use words every single day. We all walk through a creative process, whatever that looks like in our own work environments. And it can be easy to feel the fear of saying the wrong thing or messing up or, you know, just I think the the entire fear around the idea of failure, which Ariel and I dove into quite a bit is real and it's there. And I think it can really hold us back from putting our voice out into the world, putting our talents out into the world, making the contribution we were born to have. And so we are digging right into 
that conversation and just giving you some things to think about, ways to reframe how you view failure, how to step into vulnerability, what that looks like, how to lead by example, and how to leave a legacy. So if you're ready, let's dive into this conversation with Ariel Astoria. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Ariel, welcome to She, my friend. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. I think it's so fun because you're actually on every single episode and people don't probably realize this. So quick backstory for everyone. When I first was getting ready to launch the podcast, where did we meet? Was it in Nashville? Yes, we met at the Abound Co. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we we were at it. We were both speaking at this conference and got to know each other. We all stayed in like these Airbnbs. All the speakers stayed in these beautiful Airbnbs in Little Franklin, Tennessee. That was so fun. That was so great. Oh, we all God, like stayed up and ate pizza and talked till two in the morning. Yes. But I immediately was drawn to you, and I was just I just loved your your energy and your voice and your heart and just everything about you. And so I remember I was telling you about this podcast, and you had told me you had done voiceovers, and I would love if maybe you can share a little bit of what that actually means but you had done some voice work and I was like can you like record the intro to my podcast because I don't want to be the person that's like welcome to she with Jordan Lee Dooley like that's gonna be super weird and you were like yes so we went into the studio the next morning I think like right before you had to leave town too you just mm-hmm. squeezed it in <laughs> it was yep. perfect <laughs> yep it was so great I loved it so much it was I, the best. we were all like kind of lingering and I was like yeah I have time to go into a studio for yeah sure it like, was seriously the most like clutch situation ever but anyway so for everyone's context whenever you hear you're listening to she if you listen if you hear that at the beginning of every episode this is our this is our secret voice now revealed (laughs) (laughs) now revealed I love it Uh, I love it anyways okay so I want to dive into we're gonna be talking a lot about about some really good things today we're both writers we're both creatives but I think we have very unique voices and different voices and I absolutely love your creative spirit and the way that you present words and not only present them like the words themselves, but how you actually like um, aesthetically present them a lot of the time as well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, being creatives and all of that is such a gift, but I think it comes with challenges as well. And so before we dive into a lot of that, can you just give us maybe a quick recap of your story and background and what led you into the world of poetry and, and the creative space? Yeah. So I kind of have always been in the creative world, but it really started with theater, um, with plays and monologues, and I fell in love with the concept of Shakespeare and memorizing different lines and stepping into different characters in like seventh grade, mm-hmm. and that turned into going into an arts high school and um, in the middle of 10th grade, and I finished out my, co- my high-, high school degree there, and so I studied education, my math and science and all that fun stuff from eight to 12. And then from one to four, I studied theater. Um, I memorized lines. I did improv exercises. And then I graduated high school and I was like, I kind of liked that Hmm. integration of, you know, art and also academics. And so I was like, how can I do that, you know, Mm -hmm. as a career, you know, like, what does that look like? And so I went to college and I studied psychology and theater. I double majored for my first two years thinking that I would 
initially want to do art therapy for gifted children. Mm. Um, so any child on, on the spectrum or dealing with any type of um, learning um, disabilities or anything like that. And, and so I went in initially with a child life concentration and then also still dabbled into theater. But then with college and all the different beautiful opportunities that come with that, I started to get really involved with leadership, which left a lot less room to be on stage. Mm -hmm. And so I started to really like reconcile with like, oh, does this maybe, you know, art is not really the route for me. Like maybe mm -hmm. I feel more practical in a sense of working in student life, you know, or, or mm -hmm. working in that capacity. And so I slowly started to dwindle away from my theater major but really still loved it and then I was like okay I'll drop it to a minor um and then it got into those crunch classes of of psychology and I was like what am I taking you know costume design for like this doesn't make any sense right mm -hmm. now and so I dropped it um and I kept pursuing psychology and fell in love with college students and really thought okay I'm gonna work in student life I'm gonna be a resident director like, this is the mm -hmm. route I'm going to go. All the while, after I quit um, or after I transitioned out of theater, I was still writing and expressing. And so I performed at a little, at a coffee shop we were having on campus. And I performed a monologue in the perspective of Coretta Scott King Jr., so Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife. Mm -hmm. And um, afterwards, I get off stage and, you know, um, I call him my poetry brother. <laughs> he goes, like, did you, did you write that? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that was spoken word. Like, that was poetry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, it's a monologue. Like, it was theater. Like, I, it was, and he was like, yeah, but the way you performed it, the way you wrote it, was spoken word and then that turned into okay maybe I'm I'm not just not supposed to be on stage you know I really left theater thinking stage wasn't it for me that's not mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing I'm supposed to pursue you know my college degree in psychology and go that route and maybe it won't be directly related to psychology but I will still utilize it in mm -hmm. a whole lot of ways within student development and that switchly, uh quickly turned into being on a competitive poetry team for two years and uh, doing poetry. So writing my own poems, um, which I'd already been doing, but never shared for people, uh, never presented them <laughs> out loud. And so I end up on this competitive poetry team, writing and memorizing poems with other people and performing them and competing all over California and even New York City and then graduated. And it was like very conflicting. I was like, wait a minute, I don't feel like I'm done with the stage, you know, like, I don't feel like I, 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 I'm not supposed to perform, mm -hmm. you know, or be in this artistic space. And I got my senior year, I had the opportunity of performing and writing and speaking like my first full keynote um, mm -hmm. for Senior Speaks Chapel. And I remember getting off stage and just kind of like sending out the little prayer, like, okay, Lord, if you wanted me to do that, for the rest of my life, I would. And I just kind of like left it there. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated in May and the practical thing didn't feel right anymore. Working at a university didn't feel right anymore. And so I said, okay, let's take the next year and I'll be a creative. I don't mm -hmm. know what that means. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, but I pursued it. And so now we're almost six years later and I have been doing it full time ever since I graduated. Um, and I really have not looked back. Hmm. What a story. I love this so much. And I hope that for anyone <laughs> listening, you hear this and just really feel inspired and encouraged because I think what I want to highlight about what you shared, these different points throughout your story where you're like, hmm, what am I doing? Right? Like that feeling of, well, what am I doing taking these classes? Or 
maybe stage isn't for me, those moments and those experiences where the full picture really didn't make sense quite yet. And it was all kind of coming together, but certain aspects of it may have felt like didn't make sense, right? And I think that's something that can either stop us or really fuel us. And in so many yeah. ways, it to me with your story and your experience, you are just a testament and a testimony that or a testament to the fact that you really can pave your own way. You really can mm-hmm. create your own career, especially when we partner with God. We're like, hey, if you want me to do this for the rest of my life, I'll show up. I just don't know exactly yeah. what that's going to look like. And I think just our heart that's yeah. been to that and then the willingness to step into it, even when it doesn't entirely make sense and finding what does this look like for me and leaning into those voices that say, hey, actually what you're doing, it's this and it's great, right? Whether it's it's spoken mm-hmm. word and it's awesome and you actually presented it really well and allowing those things to kind of take root in our heart and realize, huh, maybe there's really something to this. And I love that you yeah. just took hold of it and went for it. Yeah. I mean, it was a level of that. And then it was also this, this urging, you know, this beckoning of like, I, I feel like I'm just supposed to take this leap. Right. And a lot of it can be strategic. A lot of it can be something you set out to do. And then there's a level of purpose and of calling and Mm -hmm. of pursuit and of entrepreneurship that is just part of who you've been formed to be mm-hmm. in this world you know like mm-hmm. your ability as as Jordan Lee Dooley to encourage to equip um to resource women that's mm-hmm. ingrained yes that's things you've learned and and classes you've taken you know mm-hmm. and experiences you've had but it it I just remember just with soul scripts, you know, and you starting that out and how it was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, like, you mm-hmm. know, with doormates and just trying to figure it out because mm-hmm. what, what it feels like is being thrown into something. And yet I don't know why the visual of, of Daniel um, and the lion's den comes to mind of like being thrown into something and yet fully coming out mm-hmm. prepared and equipped. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that being part of like, your existence. And so for me, it's like, no, I did not set out to have a following. No, I did not set Mm -hmm. out to work with the people I've worked with. I just knew this is what I'm supposed to do next. Mm -hmm. This is the void I I feel called to fill in this world. And this is how I I think I'm supposed to do it in Mm -hmm. this season of my life, you know, and stepping forward um, in that and using the resources, you know, that you you naturally have, like equipped in your being Mm -hmm. have. Um, and really honing in on those. Yes. Amen. I just want to like clap into the microphone. That's so good and so true. <laughs> because I, and I love what you said about saying like I have almost it almost is like we have this toolbox of things available to us. And sometimes we get thrown into a situation where we're like, okay, I have to figure out how to use these. But I think what I mean, you really highlighted the importance of even your uniqueness, it sounds like just, I think what can happen is, you know, we want to, we can see what someone's doing, think like, oh, that looks so cool. I want to do that. But like you mentioned, you didn't set out to work with different brands like Lululemon or different things like that. I didn't set out to write a bestselling book. Like we didn't write out, set out initially to do these really amazing things that the Lord's allowed us to do. But at the same time, we just said yes, where we were. And I think what can happen is, I've caught myself doing this in other parts of journeys that I, you know, you know how you have like your main start, but then you have all these other like starts along the way to new adventures. And so there's been times I've noticed within myself or I even noticed within students of mine where it's like, oh, I see that person over there and what they're doing. And I think... I think I want to do that, right? And so we set out to yeah. go, I want to be a best-selling author. Or I want to do with this. And there's nothing wrong with having those big dreams and goals. But I think 
when you start there and you start at something that almost is, it's like start where you are. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really the big piece and takeaway I just really gathered from what you said. And the big encouragement I want to pass on to anyone listening is just where you're at is exactly where you need to be. And you actually already Mm -hmm. have the tools you need to start. You don't need to have a kajillion dollars or fancy connections or any of the things. Right. Those things will be provided when they're needed. Right. I I wanted to, yeah, yeah, I wanted to just dig deep a little bit into kind of the art of what you do, though, too, like, as we talk about the journey and um, pursuing these things and what that really looks like, even in the messy beginning and the messy middle, right? I don't know if we ever like, ah, I've arrived, I figured it all out. But we learn a lot along the way. And um, Mm -hmm. I want to focus in on I think the common craft that we share, although in very different ways, I am in no way ever going to be a poet or do spoken word. At least that's not what I would anticipate. And I that's okay. Like, I love that you are so good and equipped in that space. But we both appreciate words in our own way. And I think words have been a foundation of our creative careers. I look at my job or my journey and I say, you know, wow, like so much of what I started with a small shop and just different pieces of what I've done throughout the years that have grown and evolved into what we do now or what I do now was really propelled by the power of words. Words would get shared, new eyeballs would be landing on my pages, my pages would lead to websites that would lead to shop sales and the thing would grow. And I think in your own way, words and you know, like everything from theater and acting to communication, all of those things have been really a pivotal part of your journey and a foundational part of your journey as well. And so I would love to hear from you because this is a question I think about a lot, but how do you think um, or how have you felt the power of words affect you personally outside of necessarily like your work. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, words are, um, I have a very interesting relationship with words. I think, <laughs> Same. um, I, I feel very connected to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel very alive. They feel a uh, very, it's, it's, I would almost say I low key have a relationship <laughs> with words, mm-hmm. you know, and with language. And, mm-hmm. and in a way, I remember working at a coffee shop and this guy coming up to me. And I think he had like, you know, a gift of prophecy and he was like staring at me. And he goes, I don't know if you sing or if you do something with music. And he was like, but there's like, literal like lyrics and words that are just like all over you like Mm. you're covered in in words and melodies and he was like I can I can like when I look at you I see I see words I see lines and he was like so I don't know what that is what you do you know Mm. and I was like oh I'm a I'm a poet you know and he was like well there's music in there too for Mm. some reason you need to know that and And I just, I come back to that moment all the time because it was shortly after that, that I started interlacing songs into Mm. my poems and, and words have always, I mean, I, I'm a very sensitive person and by sensitive, I mean, I feel everything. Um, I can walk into a room and, and, and know a tone, you know, I can have a conversation with someone, um, can look someone in the eye and, and, and almost feel, you know, what's happening in that exchange and, and what could be happening, you know, pieces of what's happening and occurring in their own mind and in their own heart. And so I'm very much so um, an empath. I call myself a sponge a lot of times. Like mm-hmm. I just kind of soak up things and words are very easy to, to soak up, 
soak up and to be surrounded by, which also means they they either cut really deeply, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. more than they have or or they permeate even more in depth than than other words or than other people may encounter them. And so I'm very much so in tune with language. Um, and I have a very sweet relationship, especially when it comes to the writing process. Mm-hmm. You know, I see... I see them um, almost m- melodically in my mm-hmm. head, um, um, almost as if sometimes it feels as as though there's another hand in my head mm-hmm. writing out, um, and I can see them and interpret them how I may. And so, yeah, I think words are are very special. They're very they're very weighted. Um, they mm-hmm. have the power to to, you know, heal and to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have the power to change mm-hmm. um, if they're used in the right ways. And so, yeah, I'm a very, I'm very sensitive when it comes to language and when it comes to words and um, that takes form in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you explained all of that. That is so true and such a good way to put it. It's like just the the thought of words being alive. You know, I was had this big realization this past year. um, And I've shared about this a little bit, but kind of how, how much words can be healing and also how much they can be hurtful. And it's like, we know Mm -hmm. that cognitively until, but I think there's certain seasons or things that we walk through or, just being more of a feeler and being, I told my husband not too long ago, I was like, I wish I didn't think of everything with so much depth and like storytelling, you know, because I think as someone who also has been so deeply affected by the power of words and the power of story, um, I tend to want to write in my own redemption stories. Um, I tend Mm. to want to like pencil in like how the story should go, or I take something that's, you know, I guess you could say is technically meaningless, right? It's like an inanimate object or something. And I I will immediately assign like a significant, I will assign a significance to something because of the way my brain functions with story and finding like how something can be representative of something deeper, you know? Um, Yeah. And so anyways, I just really relate to that. And I think a lot of people do, but the way you described it really helps I think everyone's like, you know, a lot of people say I have an I have an appreciation for words and for the stories, but we don't know why. Like we don't know where that's coming mm-hmm. from or what that really means. And I just mm-hmm. love the way you described it. And since that's such a big part of your work, I would love to also know like how do you think words are related to two things? I think there's like acceptance of ourselves, like where we're at, and then also growth. Does that make sense? Like accepting where we are, but never being too comfortable to just stay there, if that makes sense. How do you think words have anything to do with not only kind of accepting ourselves where we are, and also how do words have anything to do with growing into who we're made to be? Does that make sense? Mm. Well, I think similarly, um, if this answers the question, to the concept of words being able to to hurt, to heal, to transform. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the words we speak to other people. That's the words we speak to ourselves even more so. Um, I think if you could think back to a place in time in which you were either challenged, encouraged, chiseled, it probably had something to do with either a quote you saw or some something a mentor said, mm-hmm. or um, you know, an affirmation that you set over yourself, or a Bible verse, or whatever it may be. Like there, 
the the shaping um, words are part of the shaping. You know, words are part of of the growing. They say if you sing or if you talk to plants, to plants they grow. <laughs> hmm. You know, like words really, like I've never they, heard that. That's very interesting. Yes. I need to try that with my garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they say if you talk to plants the way you would talk to um to a child or mm. or there are certain plants that if they hear music they grow there there's something so huh. spiritual and so powerful about that concept so when we say words have the power to heal to change to transform that's not just like a lax a daisy that's a cute thing to tweet mm-hmm. that's like like it's actual you know research and facts and information go into the power of words. And so when you think of plants having the ability to be spoken over, and then you think of what that looks like as a human being, you know, to be told that you are powerful and equipped, that you have everything you need to fill the void that you've been destined and designed to fill in this world that probably made someone stand a little taller when they heard that, you know, like that probably made you instantly think of what is that void for me? You know what? It, it, it has the ability to words have the ability to remind us of our spine and to allow us to remember the crowns on our head. Mm. They also have the ability to, to get us to forget uh, who we are and whose we are. And so Words are very powerful, just as much, though, as they have the ability to grow us. Um, they also have the ability to to stifle us, you know, mm-hmm. and the stifling words are, the stuck words are, you're not enough, you can't do this, there's already enough people with a podcast, there's already enough people who have written books, there are already enough entrepreneurs, they do not need you. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the stifling, stuck words. Versus, you know, you, you are, you two are meant to show up in this world. You two are an ember and it, it, and there's a necessity that you match the flames around you. You know, like there's a way of getting words spoken over us. And I say this a lot with the conversation of affirmation versus intention. You know, and an intention is something you set up for yourself. Mm. However, an affirmation is something you speak over yourself. So as we affirm ourselves, we are also giving ourselves intent for something. You know, we don't just, it's not just uh, enough to encourage someone just for the sake of like, you know, encouraging something. There, And so as we're setting, you know, as we're affirming things and, and speaking things over ourselves to set ourselves up for something at the same time. And and so when you think of the power of words in that way, I think we would translate, transform how we use them. Um, I would think we would translate how we speak over ourselves and allowing, again, I just keep thinking of like, you know, singing over plants. Let it be things that you sing over yourself, um, that you sing over other people for, for growth, you know, um, yeah. for transformation and for healing. Yeah. yeah. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I've never thought of it like that. That's so interesting. This is why I love talking to you because I just feel like you have such a powerful perspective on so many things. And even with what you're saying, I mean, I've never heard of the plant thing personally, but I, yeah. I'm very curious about it now. Um, but I mean, even just the idea of like words can cause like the, the things that we hear and the, I, I don't know if I, if you've ever heard this, but my therapist once told me, she said, be careful what you say or think, like be mindful of that because it only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief. And when a belief becomes rooted in you, it's a lot harder to rip out. And that was super convicting to me. And it kind of reminds me of what you're saying um, a little bit, especially in terms of growth. Like if you let all of these 
lies and untruths begin to take root in your heart because of either your experience um, or your past experience or what someone may have said or done or all of the above, it really can stifle your growth. It's like weeds choking out your growth. And so it's, it's true. The power of words and whether it's to grow or to stifle depends on Mm. what those are and what, who, what we're listening to. And I don't know when she said it like that, that was so challenging for me. And just what you even just said about affirmation or intention. I've never heard that the way of describing it as different, but it makes sense. And I think a lot of us have had a lot of words spoken over us either by ourselves or others that are that tear us down. Mm -hmm. And that, like I said, stifle. And I think that's part of the human experience. Um, But I think learning to grow through those has a lot, it takes a lot of sometimes work, even uprooting some of those weeds that have taken place. At least that's what I've really learned over the last year of my life. Yeah. So anyways, I could ramble on that for a long time, but I just want to get your perspective (laughs) on it. Okay. So I want to talk about something slightly different too, but what are some of the things, I don't know, I just want to ask this because I really am big on dreams and legacy. I think we sometimes focus so much on dreams in our world, like go after your dreams. And that's awesome. Like, I hope you do. But I also Mm -hmm. have been really challenged, especially just through different experiences that have given me perspective shifts on like, am I just chasing dreams? Or am I like, pursuing something that's going to create a legacy. And so like Mm -hmm. something that outlives me, I think Bob Goff, I had him on um, a few months ago, and he made a comment, he said something like, don't just pursue what works, pursue what lasts. And I think that's kind of really related to the idea of legacy. And so I would love to know, what are some things or do you have any thoughts on some things that we can be asking ourselves to ensure that our words leave the right kind of legacy? Yeah, I well, first, every time, the first thing I think of every time I hear or talk about le- legacy is is the Hamilton quote that says, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden that you'll never see. Hmm. And when I think about that and the concept of being a writer, when I think about that and the concept of being a poet, I it's less about me at that point. You know, mm-hmm. my job is just to sow the seed. My job is not necessarily to water it, to tend to it, to sow any more seeds after that. What is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden that you will never see. Mm-hmm. I would rather plant a whole bunch and not actually see the bloom, but know that I planted something mm-hmm. and that one day there will be a garden. Mm-hmm. Um, one day the nourishment from those seeds will produce an apple tree and, and someone will find that. And that will be, you know, there, there, yeah. it just, you think of, of that concept and it, it's almost like legacy like is almost like parenting, you know, mm-hmm. you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, once they turn 18, you know, or, or 16 or however old they, they feel independent, you know, your job is, is done. You know, the Mm -hmm. Bible says train them up in the way they should go, you know, produce these products, um, start these businesses, um, equip these women, um, speak these words, like do, do those things, you know, and it's less about, it's less about dreams. It's less about, you know, chasing goals. It's more about what can I do to plant things in society that will outlast me, mm-hmm. um, that will supersede my present existence? And I have I have a poem, you know, where I talk about 
that this concept of, you know, what, when I'm not, when I'm not here anymore, mm-hmm. um, what would I want people to know? What would I want people to feel and to see? And I love sunflowers. And so I, I said to sprinkle my words, you know, and tell them that even beautiful things grow here. And when you think about legacy, you're thinking about generations and generations that you will never Mm -hmm. see exist Mm -hmm. yet they will know your work your your lack your love your your what you left here you know Mm -hmm. and for me wanting that to be books wanting that to be my poems um wanting that to be little encouraging words that I've just sprinkled um into the world and hope that they land somewhere Mm -hmm. you know and that they help someone um, and then they they pick up, you know, um, what they needed. May my words be a shovel, you know, to dig more mm-hmm. seeds. May, may it be the water to to pour life into. May it be the tending. May it be um, the blooming. But all I know is that my responsibility is to plant them. Mm-hmm. And, and I will sit with that. Mm, that's good. Everybody, we're just going to sit with that for a second. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just sitting here like, I don't even know what to add to that. It's nothing's gonna make it any better. Like that is so powerful. And I mean, just the visual of the garden too, because that's something that in my life has become suddenly so significant in ter- in learning to tend to things in learning to plant. Mm-hmm. I actually was literally writing something this this morning. And I was just thinking about the concept of planting in, in faith and rooting ourselves in love. And um, mm-hmm. like, what does that look like? And I thought about the word to plant and to plant mm-hmm. is to invest. And we've been working with financial planner recently. And so we've been talking a lot about investments. But what I realized was to invest or to plant is to risk something, whether that's risk mm-hmm. putting yourself out there, whether that's risking, you know, putting money on the table in a legit, you know, in like a literal investment um, or something else, but to invest our, our gifts, our talents, like to bury those in some sense, mm-hmm. right? Like it reminds me of that parable about like those who versus those who, like those who buried their talents versus those who like unearthed and multiplied their talents. Right. And, yeah. but I think when we actually plant something and we invest something, we may not see the immediate harvest, but there's a difference, I think, between planting and burying. Planting means mm-hmm. that we're thinking forward and it's for a payoff and for something lasting beyond even what, mm-hmm. like you said, what we may see or the harvest we may ever experience versus burying mm-hmm. our gifts and our talents and hiding them away. Like you can put them in the dirt two totally different ways. And, um, yeah. But when I think about planting, I think of investing and, an investment is something that usually yields a high reward, but comes with a risk. And we may never even actually see that reward. And that visual mm-hmm. of, or we may see, you know, aspects of the reward, we, but we probably won't have the entire picture. And I think yeah. that's actually the beauty of it. But unfortunately, I think sometimes I love what you said. Um, I just, I wrote it down because it was so good about how it's less about goals and about our own dreams, but it's really asking, what can I plant in society that will ultimately outlast me? Because isn't that why we're here? Mm. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we live in a world that's constantly telling us like, it's about you. It's about your dreams. It's about this. And I think what we need to be being told is, Hey, it's on you. Not necessarily it's about you, but like it's on you to step up, step in, show up in the ring, plant your seeds, right? Make your difference, make your investment plant in faith and trust that, the the fruit that's going to come from it is beyond what you could ever ask or imagine and what you may yeah. even see on this side of heaven. 
Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. Another thing I wanted to ask about too is what are some of the things, I mean, this is something I think you do really well. And I want to ask you about it, not that there's like a perfect three-step solution or answer, but I'd love to know what are some of the things that we can do to create an environment where people feel like they have permission to be seen, to be real, to show up as they are so that they can grow. Because if I've learned anything through loss and just different experiences personally, it's that growth comes when I leave my comfort zone. And typically what's funny is in my case, my comfort zone is usually being vulnerable. Like I'm okay with being transparent. Mm -hmm. I'm like, have you ever heard the difference between transparency and vulnerability? by the way? Have you ever heard like the the visual like about the box? Have you ever heard that? No. Okay, I have to tell no. you this and then I want you to answer this question. So okay. I was taught that or I don't remember who told me this it was a couple years ago. But someone said something to me that really stuck with me. They said transparency is like standing in a, in a glass box where people can see you be like, yeah, I struggle with this or yeah, I have this going on. And it's kind of like you're, you're sharing it. But vulnerability is mm-hmm. when the glass box shatters and you let someone in to help you that you can't do it like you can't necessarily mm. repay. And I was like, whoa, yeah, definitely not vulnerable. Mm. I'm good at being transparent. <laughs> but um, I'm just curious, like with that in mind, you know, just creating an environment where people feel like even being seen, though, I think is hard. Some of us like I think I've gotten very comfortable with being seen, like being transparent, still working on the vulnerability thing. But with that in mind, you know, how can we create an environment where people feel like they can even be transparent, like to where they can even be mm. seen and say, like, this mm-hmm. is where I'm really at. Because when I've allowed myself to be seen and, and and vulnerable via therapy or via friends and community and and spiritually and all the things I found that it actually has propelled me into growth more I used to think that if I were like a, if I were to just you know come as I am if you will I thought that yeah. meant that I was just going to be stuck there like no I need to grow I need to keep growing I need to move forward but I think what I've learned in the process is actually stopping and allowing others to be there for you and asking for help and doing the things is like, it's like the catalyst to growth or to the necessary growth. So with that in mind, like, what does that look like for us as friends or as community members or as leaders? How do we create an environment where people feel like, especially the people in our communities where they feel like, okay, I can, I can be transparent. I can ask for help Mm -hmm. and even be vulnerable. I would love to hear your thoughts on Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Well, a lot of that comes from, seeing examples you know Mm -hmm. I I am the oldest child I am a pastor's kid I do not like asking for help I I would much rather figure it out myself Mm -hmm. yeah but when you when you look at your motives why we do that a lot of that is based off of fear Mm -hmm. um fear of rejection fear of being you know you know being told no fear of people um uh, saying that they will um, and and not showing up, mm-hmm. um, the fear of uh, if I don't do it myself and that ends up failing, then people are going to see this and see me as a failure. And there's, so there's so much fear um, and pride tied to the decision um, not to let people into the gas box, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that fear is 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 rightful. You know, a lot of that fear is valid. Um, but at what point does it keep us from fullness, fullness of being vulnerable with ourselves and fullness of being vulnerable with other people? And what the fullness does is create richness. Mm. Um, there's a deeper relationship that is, yes, scarier, mm-hmm. but also way um, 
way more intimate and also way more beneficial. I am an Enneagram four, so I don't do surface level well. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to. I cannot function in in that space. Like, give me depth or yeah. give me nothing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like truly nothing. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's like, I just, what is, what is life and the richness of it? It's not a little scary mm-hmm. um, and a little vulnerable and exposed. And, and I think, you know, when it comes to the conversation of, we all love to use the term authenticity and mm-hmm. that word has been really wrecking me lately because I'm like, oh, it just, it feels watered down. I just yeah. like there, we have no more depth to it. And so I really started to think about the concept of transcendent authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think the transcendent authenticity really goes into the conversation of what you're talking about of the glass box. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to be in a box, but to be in a glass box mm-hmm. where everything is seen. Mm-hmm. So I am seen just as transcendent in my authenticity as I live on Instagram, as I exist in my apartment, as I am on stage, and as I am passing you in home goods. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like there has to be a consistency to it. And sometimes that consistency gets exhausting. You know, sometimes that consistency gets overwhelming. You know, sometimes it, it gets too close to home. And there are boundaries. This is why boundaries exist, you know, and mm-hmm. um, this is why knowing what you need and what you don't need uh, is really important. But at the end of the day, we are made for richness and we are made for relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And when we can come to two, usually that involves watching someone in their glass box and seeing it shatter Mm. and how they look back up and say, I can't handle these pieces on my own. Mm. Can someone handle them with me? Which then gives the person who sees that the permission to go and also do the same. Mm. Um, And it's a really beautiful ripple effect, but it does, it does take a vulnerable um, and risky leader to go first. Yeah. you know mm, that's um, good. Go first. and that's really good. yeah I used to teach a lot as a teaching artist and I couldn't expect my kids to write a poem unless I did too mm. you know if I'm asking them about you know what is something that you regret in your life they're gonna look at me like well what's something you regret mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. you know and I'm gonna answer and so whenever we worked on prompts whenever we worked on journal pages or morning pages or whatever they watched me do it with them. The music was on. We're all in this space together. If no one presents first, that's okay. I can go first, Mm -hmm. you know? And so really leading by example in this space is super important. Otherwise it's like be vulnerable for what Mm -hmm. you as a leader, as a guider, as a, as a, as a forefront to this is not, are not being open and vulnerable. Then why would that make anyone have the space to do the same? Mm -hmm. And, and really, I, yeah, I'm, I, that's something I really strive to do, whether that's via my Instagram or, or in person of mm-hmm. creating a space where people feel the permission to feel and feel deeply, which means I have to show up and feel deeply first mm-hmm. um, and invite people into that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it almost makes me think of it's not just about what you say, it's about what you do. And so while words, mm-hmm. words have power in and of themselves, words have a lot more power when they're put into action. Um, Absolutely. And I think I love what you said about transcendent authenticity, like being the same person when you're passing at home goods at home on the internet, everything else. And that can be hard because, you know, there's times where you feel like you just can't show up, right? And um, yeah, and I think that's okay, too. But I think what what you just said makes so much sense because I think so often we're looking for like, well, what can I say to help them feel seen? Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't have the words to say. And this is why the mission statement for Soul Scraps mm. is we give you the words when you have none because there is power in saying something, right? But I think right. there's even more power in then following that up with either showing up or be going first or leading the way by example, everything that you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can apply to so many different areas of life beyond even just vulnerability, but it's true. I think we lead by example yeah. and that's the most uncomfortable, but most necessary thing, you know? So it is so mm-hmm. much more, not only what we say, but also what we do and how we put those words that we talk about into action. So I love that. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. And even in, in that, there's vulnerability and I don't know. Yeah. Um, there is a brave vulnerability and I don't have the answers, you mm-hmm. know, there, I, I think we're seeing this a lot in our world. I would just much rather hear you say, I don't have it. I don't know. I will figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I will do whatever it is. And knowing that the vulnerability doesn't mean having all the answers. Um, vulnerability doesn't mean um, I'll go first because I know how to do this. You know, like mm-hmm. that. It just means a brave step towards uh, maybe I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and that being I, I I think if we were to have more of those moments, there would just be this overarching um and wherever we're at I'm just like people being like oh thank god because mm-hmm. I don't know either yeah. you know yeah. like, and I'm sitting here not wanting to go first because I thought everybody else in here knew the answer or knew what was going on or knew what to do next or knew how to start their business mm-hmm. or knew how to write the book so I just was like well I'm not going to be the only person again the mm-hmm. fear of rejection you know mm-hmm. the fear of being seen as the other but when we just sit in a space where there is no other, we're all sitting here trying to figure it out. There's so much grace in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think knowing that, you know, going first doesn't mean having the answers. Mm-hmm. Going first just simply just means let me show up in my messy and in my vulnerable uh and say, I don't know, you yeah. know, like, and yep. that be okay. Story yeah. of my life this year. <laughs> I'm like, this is convicting. Yeah. Uh, this has been humbling just to kind of be like, you know, I was actually talking with a friend about this not too long ago, who also is, you know, a fellow creative and an educator and podcaster. And she and I were talking about just walking through seasons of like, I have no idea what's going on, right? Like kind of what you were saying. Yeah. And she said, you know, something about people like us is we tend to look for the silver lining, the lesson in the middle of the story, Mm -hmm. something to turn around and teach or encourage or help others with. And she said, you know, I think we, what got us to where we are, which was just kind of showing up and sharing our messy middle. Once we got to a certain place, it can be so easy to be like, oh gosh, now I'm looked at as a leader and as an authority or as a creative. And I need to have the most encouraging words to share or the lesson out of this or the you know, teaching point. And she said, I think we've actually lost the art of and we need to get back in touch with the importance of just 
kind of mm. walking through the messy middle and showing up in that. And so kind of what you just said, um, it just reminded me of that conversation where I think we can, or even if you, even if it's not something that you do for your career, I just think in society in general, sometimes we can feel like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be okay now because three months have passed. So I need to have some sort of like positive perspective on this because people don't want to hear if I'm still just like, I don't know how I am. I don't really know how I feel. Mm. People want to hear like, I'm good, like recovering, things are going well, like I'm learning, you know, like uh, X, yeah. Y, and Z. And it's like, we at least we think people want to hear that. But it's like, I've gotten used yeah. to now when people reach out and they ask like, how are you? If it's a, a rough day yeah. or it's just one of those like moments, I'll be like, do you want the honest answer or the comfortable answer? And give them the <laughs> option, you know? <laughs> but, right, 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 right. But I think allowing ourselves to just be where we're actually at without having to um, – fix anything or like teach anything anytime like right away I think is something important to remember because whether you lead in your community or you lead online or you lead a business or a team or all of the above or none of the above it's just so easy I think sometimes to keep kind of those walls up and be like I've gone through something or I'm in a hard season or I don't really know um but I'm gonna come up with something that makes it sound like I know (laughs) what I mean or like let me present this like image to the world here yes yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we could go down that down that trail for a long time, but I want to just <laughs> wrap up our conversation by talking a little bit about the art of being a creative because I think mm-hmm. actually being creative it, like I think all of us are creative in our own ways, even people who wouldn't consider themselves artistic, but I think when we are creating and paving our own way and creating a career and putting our words and our thoughts and our stories and our experiences out into the world as part of a career, right? And it, or it's evolved into a mm-hmm. career. Um I think that has its own level of vulnerability that can come with it. I think it has its own level of challenges because like what you had mentioned about the fear of rejection and everything like that. And so I want to just touch on a couple quick questions about the process of creativity just to kind of wrap us up and just kind of pivoting away from the conversation about vulnerability. But I think it's still very related given everything I just said. Yeah. So um, I would love to know just from your perspective as a creative how do you tune out noise and really tune into your creativity? How do you, you know, where do you find inspiration? This is something I get asked a lot and I would love for you to maybe share what that's like for you. Yeah. Like I said about being a sensitive person, I'm uh, easily, you can say triggered and or inspired by um, everything, you know, Um, it could be a song um, it could be the way the light hits my plant in the corner of my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a conversation. Um, it could be the way the wave at the beach, you know, um, flows that day. It literally could just, I'm very easily inspired, you know, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes can be a little mm-hmm. <laughs> overwhelming. And then in turn, when I'm not, I'm really not inspired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, but for the most part, music usually does it for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play through Sleeping at Last or Neil Strawn or other, you know, people I can't pronounce, but their music is beautiful. Um, I'll play through a song, an instrument or an ambient song until I find one that makes me feel something essentially mm-hmm. and thus causes me to respond to that feeling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think inspiration is, is everywhere. I think we put too much pressure on inspiration in the creative process. Mm -hmm. I think we have too high of expectations um, when inspiration is like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're, you know, you're purposely driving, you know, 500 miles to go on a self road trip, you know, and all those things are beautiful and necessary, but like, 
I could have been in your living room, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, I could have been, you know, right outside your door. And so I think it's just a matter of perspective. It's less about not being inspired and more just about how we're seeing things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the whole, the, there's a lot of conversation about the creative process where it's like, just look at it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at your plant one way. Have you turned it? Um, did you put it in a different part of your room? You know, like you're looking at this um, writing prompt in one way. Have you thought of another way to to look at it? Have you thought of another way to perceive it? And so a lot of it being about looking at things differently than how you have been, you know? And so I'm always a person who's like, okay, let me just sleep on it really quick. You know, let me just close my eyes and wake up with fresh ones and see how I feel about what I'm looking at, what I'm writing, what I'm saying, what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it being a lot of that. But I I am very inspired by a lot of, by a lot of different things, but music is is my usual go to for mm-hmm. for being uh, creatively responsive to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's so good. Okay, last question. Are you ready for it? <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like I've given you so many, but I just I love hearing this. So, okay, here's what I want to know. How would you say, or how do you get over fear of saying the wrong thing, or in air quotes, failing at what you're creating? And I would probably follow that up with. I don't necessarily believe in total failure unless you quit trying. Um, So there's the disclaimer there. But how do you get over the fear of either saying the wrong thing or of feeling like what you're creating didn't go according to plan or like others might not perceive it the right way? What does that process look like for you so that you can keep pursuing the thing you know you're made to do? I think a lot of it comes down to not so much of like, oh, I did that wrong Mm -hmm. or I failed but more so again, reframing, maybe that wasn't actually for that person and that's okay, you know, Mm -hmm. or, um, maybe that wasn't the right audience for that conversation or that delivery format. Let me try it differently next time, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so a very feel, like, again, I'm very feel oriented. So I will, I will change poems. Um, if I'm in an audience, uh, because I just feel like what I'm about to say doesn't serve them. Mm -hmm. So I'll change it to what I think will serve them. And that's the whole point is, is a lot of times as artists, as speakers, as entrepreneurs, Yes, what we're doing is because we feel destined and designed to, and we have a certain quality that is needed to to fill a void in this world. Mm-hmm. And yet also a lot of what we do is for the audience, is for the reader, is for, you know, the other person. And so I know that what, I, what I'm doing is for someone. It doesn't mean it's for everyone, um, but, it, but it is for someone. And so when you reframe, you know, the concept of, of quote unquote failure and really reword it again, words have a lot of weight. So failure just has always been such a a weighted, Mm -hmm. a weighted word. It's a heavy word, Mm -hmm. you know, failure, even, and it even kind of lags in your mouth Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know? And so, um, reframing that to, to a misstep, to a mishap, to a rerouting, to a plan too, you know, that didn't mm-hmm. work. That is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, being constant learners of this thing called life and the work that we feel called to, mm-hmm. um, and, and not letting it be, but I, I definitely have moments where I'm like, Oh, I'm so discouraged. That did not go yeah. how I wanted mm-hmm. it to, you know, and it's, and, and that's okay. What can you learn from that? 
Um, what do you assess? Did it go the way you quote unquote planned? But also knowing that a lot of times God works outside of our plans anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So having moments where I'm like, wow, that did not go how I thought it mm-hmm. was going to go. And yet still so wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. still above and beyond what I expected. So again, really having the perspective of rerouting, of reframing, um, and learning from, from it anyway. Mm. I love how you said God works outside of our plans anyway. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. because sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 stay in this way, yeah. you know, make this happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, but, right, right. Yeah, I think what when we when things don't go the way we hoped they would go, essentially what happens is we don't get what we want when we want it, right? We don't get yeah. we don't get the outcome we think that our effort deserved, or we don't get the outcome that we worked toward or that we hoped for, at least not in yeah. the time frame that we wanted. And think that's that experience and our learning how to respond to that well, because it's going to happen over and over and over again, sometimes in simpler things, sometimes in really, you know, life altering things. But I mm-hmm. think learning how to um, really respond to that and the way we show up and r- receive that as a reality, understand that mm-hmm. it, it may not be fair or it may be hard to walk through, but that it's ultimately shaping us into who we are made to be. It's creating in us. I think it's like t- going back to the conversation about growth. I think we grow yeah. when we leave our comfort zones and then when those things don't always go how we hoped because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it dares us to like open our hands again and to be vulnerable yeah. again and to trust again. And, um, that takes work. And that's not just something that comes naturally. Or I think our natural reaction is to like protect, like self-protect, mm-hmm. hide, go into our turtle shell and just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, waddle around in that. But it's like, what life is right. there to live inside of a turtle shell, you know? So yeah, I don't yeah, know. absolutely. on that note, <laughs> on, the, mm-hmm. on the turtle shell note, um, I would love if you can share just where everyone can find you and your work if they've not heard of you or not been familiar with your words or anything that you do. How can they follow along and just be inspired and stay in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me at all things Ariella Storia. So that's A-R-I-E-L-L-E and then E-S-T-O-R-I-A. That's Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, if you're into that, um, Spotify and iTunes. And then on my website, which is just ariellastoria.com, you can find all my books and different merch items that I will actually be launching pretty soon Hmm. and um, and other goodies as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for not only uh, lending your voice to the podcast every day, but um, (laughs) also for just sharing some of your creative process and your wisdom when it comes to creating and being a creative, a full-time creative, what Mm. that journey and, and experiences really looked like for you and talking about some even hard things when it comes to vulnerability and being willing to just open up and share some of your experiences. I think it gives us a lot to think about. And I hope that for anyone who's listening, I believe and trust that they will be inspired and feel empowered to step into something that may seem completely out of reach, but that they know they need to be paying attention to. So we appreciate you, friend. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged 
to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.